Blog Talk Radio. This is Natalie Pace, and it is January 21st, 2020. Thank you for joining me for this four-part sustainability teleconference. I am so grateful for all of the people who are reaching out and really wanting to learn how we can all live more planet-friendly and stop pointing fingers at other people and be the change we wish to see. So congratulations, welcome. The good news about this is that you can actually have a lot more money in your own budget by adopting a more planet-friendly life. So in other words, you can live a richer life, you'll have more money for bucket list vacations, and you'll be doing the right thing. So it's a win-win, win-win-win. The truth is that our last century habits have made a lot of the polluters very rich. We've become addicted to certain habits. And some of them, we don't even know how badly they pollute. And learning this information, again, once you adopt it, it just becomes the way life is. So it's not an extra job or anything like that. And you might say, oh, it's too difficult to know what's true. Well, that's a cop-out. In today's world, it's not difficult. And, you know, I've been traveling the world now for 20 years looking for the best practices of sustainability. We feature them on earthgratitude.org. There are two free eBooks there to inspire you to adopt 21st century habits, which again are great for you. They're green for you because they add money in your wallet and they're green for the planet because they give us a chance at preserving this beautiful blue ball that we call home for you know, two and three generations from now. The, um, you know, you already know what's at stake. You've heard it too much to be, you know, A, um, you know, not, not addressing it, but also B, don't let it be so startling that you just say, well, screw it. If we're all going to die, then let's go out living large. Um, there is a chance here at Redemption and our children deserve that chance. And again, there's no reason not to do it because it benefits you directly today, not just 20 years from now for your grandchildren. All right, so let's jump in. Again, this is the third um, in this four-part sustainability teleconference series. The first one was about there are now four R's in um, sustainability, refuse, reduce, reuse and recycle. So if you, and I do strongly encourage you, if you did not already listen to refuse and reduce, then go back and revisit those. Today's going to be very focused on reuse. And by the way, if you need links to go back and re-listen to those, and again, you can listen to them 24-7 on demand on your computer. You can download it as a podcast. It's very easy for you to have access to this information um, in, at the time and the place that you would like it, whether it's on your phone while you're taking a walk or, um, you know, on your computer or if you're taking a break. So just email info at nataliepace.com or you can call 310-430-2397. 
310-430-2397 or info at nataliepace.com. So let's talk about reusing. This is where our reliance on fossil fuels, that is not reusable. That is something you burn it up and it's gone. There is a finite amount of resources. Now, I want to also address this because there's been a focus on energy independence. We've actually been energy independent for a a large number of years. We became energy independent in 2013 under the administration of Obama. So we were producing more oil and gasoline than we used in 2013. So the U.S. is energy independent by the numbers, but we can never be energy independent as long as we use fossil fuels because when we fight foreign wars, wars in Afghanistan, wars in Iraq, we do not uh, ship fuel that we produce here over there. We buy from Saudi Arabia. So it's important to understand the way the supply chain works and that energy independence by the book is not necessarily energy independence in reality. Uh, Under Obama administration and Secretary of the Navy Ray Mabus, they were strongly um, and aggressively pursuing other kinds of reusable fuels for our, say, our fleet. And what was interesting here is that, you know, they did get a bit of pushback, and of course there were also people that were really for it. But what they said is, look, we don't want to be beholden to our potential enemies or people that are aggressive to us for the very fuel we need to fight the war. So they um, they were actively pursuing other alternative fuels that we wouldn't have to buy from the very people that we have to sometimes uh, battle against. And so the pushback was, and again, these are reusable fuels. The pushback was a lot, and they said, you know, this is common. So, you know, there was a time when our fleet, like in the War of 1812, was sailing. And when we went from sailing over to steam, they said, well, why in the world are we going to want to do that when the wind is free? And then we went from steam to nuclear. Well, why would we want to do that when nuclear is so expensive? And now we went from nuclear over to fossil fuels. And then they said, well, okay, uh, now we're trying to go from fossil fuels over to alternative sources of energy. And again, they're pushing back saying, well, fossil fuels are cheaper or developing a new technology is expensive. The thing that we really need are reusable energy sources. So the sun is a reusable energy source. Wind is a renewable energy source. Nature herself is designed for sustainability, for a circle of life, a cycle. There's a cycle of water. The sun rises and sets daily. Trees breathe in CO2 and breathe out oxygen. That's certainly a a piece of the solution. However, we are putting more CO2 at levels that are unprecedented, and, um, and by that I don't mean like double or triple, like in the hundreds or thousands, um, exponentially more than we have ever seen in history. So 
fossil fuels are not sustainable and they pollute and they destroy. I want to remind you of the 2010 BP oil spill. So from April 20th through September 19th, you got that right, for five months in 2010, there was oil spewing in the Gulf of Mexico and we all cared about it. So just remember that, you know, we kind of tend to get locked into our habits and think that, oh, well, we need our car because our car affords us the lifestyle that we have. But as I told you in, um, you know, previous teleconferences and in previous blogs, you know, there was a couple who just got a job in their city rather than driving two hours every day and they're saving thousands of dollars and they don't have the stress of it and their health is better and they've lost weight. So they walk to work. Another couple moved closer to work so they could bike to work and the same thing was the case with them. So you, you can design a 21st century habit that becomes the way life is and I strongly encourage you to do that. So we have to start thinking about reusable, renewable sources of energy. And we have to start thinking about it, um, you know, from refuse and reduce, but also reusable. Because we're not going to go from uh, driving to not driving uh, unless you live in a city like Santa Monica or New York or or Poundbury or someplace that's kind of designed for that, that has good public transportation and Um, and good bike paths, but you can start moving your city toward there. And when I first started riding a bike in Santa Monica, there were no bike paths. So, you know, the force and the will of the people has created this. When, you know, when we first moved in Santa Monica, you could elect whether or not you wanted solar to power your home. Now the city is 100% powered by solar energy. That was a choice that the city council made. So the city can move towards these aggressively. And in a plan or a pilot program that, um, that takes you there aggressively without interrupting services. Uh, Poundbury is, their heating is powered by um, farm waste. So they have farmers who provide the local anaerobic digestion unit with rye and that becomes what heats this uh, community. So, you know, it's, and that's re, reusable because they get a new crop of rye in every cycle of the crop. So let's start thinking about this. And remember, um, I've already shown you in the first blog I did on this series where most of us in the U.S., when we turn on the lights, when we turn on any electric switch, that is at least 62% fossil fuels, mostly, I'm not in Santa Monica. Uh, Not in California. It's even higher in Florida and Colorado. And again, if you want to know exactly what yours is, there is um, the uh, Center for the New Energy Economy has a spot resource there where you can actually see exactly what your state does. But we want to start pushing the politicians. We want to locally and in our state Um, to become more renewable because reusable fuel is going to help our planet. It's going to clean up our air. It's going to make sure our water is cleaner. Remember how polluted the Gulf of Mexico was. It nearly destroyed parts of Alabama coastline. So we want to 
we want to make sure that these things stay fresh in our mind, even if they did occur nine years ago, because each time that they happen, that is a whole ecosystem that's destroyed. Also, I want to talk a little bit about organic food, because when we think about reusing our soil, organic food and perma uh, culture becomes very important to that. The mono um, agricultural system that is using chemicals to just do one type of crop over and over again is really leaching the soil. It's what created dust bowls in the past. And when you see um, soil that's been able to be, have the permaculture uh, and organics in it, um, where it's had composting brought back into it, where it's using other ways to control the pests, that soil is rich and it actually, um, you know, when you're planting food, you can add vitamins to it so that you could say that organic food versus conventional food has the same amount of vitamins. It does not have the same amount of antioxidants and other health-giving things that only come from organic food and organic food does not have the pesticides and the metals that a conventional food will have from all the additives that's in there. Also, we have to think about the food. 20% of our garbage is food waste. Many cities now are going towards uh, composting for the city, and that can, again, be given to the farmers. It can also be used for um, the, anybody's garden. It can be sold, whatever. But it also reduces waste in the, um, you know, in our big uh, waste centers. So that's one other way that we can reuse our food. A is to remember that 40% of food is wasted. So we ought to try to shop better and also use our food better. Um, and then 20% of our garbage is food waste. So we should push for composting in our neighborhoods. It's really easy to do. So. We want more renewable energy. We want um, to re reuse our food and our food waste. We want our transportation to be greener and have uh, fuels that are reusable and renewable. How can we do that? Well, if you have an electric vehicle and you're in Santa Monica, it's powered by solar. So it is powered by a reusable, renewable resource. If you have an electric vehicle in Colorado, then it's 78% powered by fossil fuels or maybe even higher. That's still better than 100% fossil fuels, but it's still pretty high. So you, in addition to owning the EV, you have to think about rooftop solar or you have to become more active in your community and demand that your city goes and moves towards renewable, reusable energy. Um, let's talk about plastic. So there's no excuse for single use. And there should be no excuse for plastic, especially plastic straws or throwaway plastic stuff, even throwaway paper stuff. By now you should all be using canvas bags for your shopping. Um, if you are at a restaurant and you want to take something to go, you can actually bring your own container. And by the way, if you have plastic containers and you're just reusing them over and over again, that's a, a good use of a resource. Um, so 
you know, just remember that in your personal habits, that there is no excuse for single-use anything. You should be reusing everything. That means everything from your shopping bags to, you know, your to-go containers to your coffee mugs. Um, you shouldn't be necessarily using throwaway plates even at family reunions. Um, you should just really move towards, yes, it's a little bit more of a hassle to wash a plate, but it's better than polluting our planet. And then finally, even think of preservation, restoration, reuse in terms of our big housing or architectural facilities or even cars. When you're done with your car, should you be going ahead and reselling it so someone else has the benefit from it? So um, that's the main thing is that in order for us to get to the point where we're really reusing we do have to become civically minded about it. I really encourage you to let me know how you are doing this in your community. I would love to feature your community if you're making bold and brave choices, just like I featured Poundbury and Santa Monica. So do reach out to me, please. Again, you can reach me at info at nataliepace.com or you can call 310 430 2397. Now, if anybody on the line right now wants to ask a question or has a comment or wants to share a, a positive experience in their own life of how maybe they started reusing something or adopting some of these strategies and um, now they have more money or they've seen a, another benefit, whether it's health or just feel like they're doing the right thing, go ahead and press 1 on your phone now and that way I'll know to open up the phone lines for you so that we can hear what you have to say. And for those of you that um, are on this call and you, you don't have something to share right now, again, our next sustainability conference is going to be a week from today, so next Tuesday at 3 p.m. This one's going to be on recycling and boy is that becoming a big problem. Uh, some of the countries that used to take our recycling no longer do it. There are states that have completely abandoned their recycling programs. What are we going to do about that? So the next one is going to have a lot to do with the, the new reality and hopefully some creative solutions. I'm looking for them. If you have them, if you've seen them, please send them to me, especially if it's a community like New Mexico or Arizona where they've just abandoned their uh, recycling programs or some, maybe not all cities in Arizona or New Mexico, but I'm certainly seeing a lot of the smaller ones. All right. And also I do want to remind you that, you know, there is a strong focus of sustainability in my um, investor educational retreats because one of the most powerful ways, there are two, two powerful ways for us to change all this. A lot of us are out there picketing and we're saying, Hey, Stop polluting our planet, you other people. But the real bottom line truth here is that we would not have oil companies if we didn't put gas in our car. We would not have plastic producers if we refused to use plastic. And all of it, you know, you can go up and down the scale. Now, if you take it a step further, when you eliminate your investments in these companies and you refuse to profit, from the very companies that you pick it. Not only can you invest in the products, goods, and services of tomorrow, which are more likely to make you richer, but you can also do the right thing. So it's very counterproductive. 
to be picketing companies and then be invested in them and making profits from them. And believe it or not, if you don't know what you own in your 401k, your IRA, your insurance policies, etc., you're invested in polluters. The odds are very high, over 89%. So whether you want to learn these strategies firsthand, again, you should be doing it anyway so you can protect your assets and stop riding the Wall Street roller coaster and making everybody else rich at your own expense. You really need to learn the strategies. They're time proven. Um, whether you get them through my books or you get a second opinion on your current plan or attend a retreat, 2020 is the year to get it right. We're here to help. Three, and again, I've been doing this now for 20 years. These are time-proven strategies. They, um, the financial literacy strategies, the investing strategies, the budgeting strategies, they were developed by me, but they are enthusiastically endorsed at the highest level and on Main Street. They're easy for you to use, but they're also efficacious. They work at a time when most people are losing more than half of their retirement in every recession. People that use my nest egg strategies earned gains in the last two recessions and have outperformed the bull markets in between. So this is a time-proven strategy now since for 21 years. But the sustainability strategies, they come from the world leaders of sustainability. That was my passion project. I began doing it in 2002 where I would travel around and just see and experience what other people were doing who were making bold, bold changes like creating eco-communities, which the Prince of Will has created one in England and is creating another one. So, um, or, you know, as uh, Elon's electric cars or the solar panel industry and rooftop solar. By the way, you can still get a 25% tax credit for better insulating your home that's reusing in, in energy, and that's also reducing energy. Um, you can uh, still get a 25% tax credit for putting solar. So if you live in a sunny state, um, that is something to consider absolutely, especially if you're going to live in your home for 20 years. The warranties for solar panels are about 25 years, and many times it can take your electric bill down to $30, $35 a month. For most people, that's going to be you know, two or three or even more thousands of dollars savings annually. And if you're powering your own electric vehicle with your solar, that can up that even more. That could be 5000 annually. That's is the same as a 20% uh, yielding bond. There's just nothing that comes close. So, again, wisdom is the cure. The time is now, and there are a lot of incentives to do it. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for being part of our community if you're interested in a retreat, go to NataliePace.com. We have all of our 2020 retreats scheduled there. You can pick from Florida in February, which is a beachfront and boardroom. Very intimate experience. So you get a lot of one-on-one -on -one access. It'll be a lot of fun, but it will transform your life. England in Poundbury, where you can experience Earth Day in Prince of Wales eco-community. We're going to have... June in Santa Monica, that's another uh, sustainable community. And then we're going to have Arizona in October. So, um, you know, check them all out, and we'd love to see you at one of these uh, conferences. And, um, again, three out of four of them are major focus of sustainability. In October, we still focus on the curriculum of sustainability. The community itself isn't as sustainable, 
but um, as you know, Santa Monica, Poundbury, um, and I guess Florida is not as as sustainable either. Um, but you will still learn what to do there, and take that home with you, and you can be part of the solution in the states that need it the most. Okay, again, thank you for joining me. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how we can support you in uh, protecting your assets, beautifying your bottom line, and greening your life. Natalie Pace, signing off here. Again, 310-430-2397 or email us at info at nataliepace.com. Bye now.
eyes of fear. 